On today's show, we'll highlight three things you can do now to cut your taxes in retirement. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. You can also check out his website at laurelws.com. Good Sunday evening, Steve. Good evening to you as well, Teresa. Yes, yes. So, end of another wonderful weekend. They always seem to come to a close. But um, in in retirement, it's every every day seems like a weekend. <laughs> we we yeah, hope exactly. So sometimes you forget what day it is. There, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, that's not that's a good problem to have. I, I would think. Oh boy. Yeah, yep. No, so for, for, sure. for so for the rest of us, and we're aspiring to that. Tomorrow's Monday, so we'll get get going with that. So talking about a lot of different things. You mentioned taxes. So from increased government spending because of all the COVID-19 um, in, um, things we had to do to the mindset of putting all your money in tax-deferred accounts like a 401k or IRA taxes can have a serious impact on your retirement. That is true. So if you reach out to a financial advisor, chances are you don't have a money problem. You've got a tax problem. So we're going to take a look at some things to maybe help you out with that. And uh, you mentioned three. There's first one is withdrawing while the rates are favorable. Yeah. So believe it or not, today's tax rates are relatively low. And we say that to people all the time because people don't realize that tax rates have the ability to go up. I mean, we've been the top tax rate has actually been going down for the majority of the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to 1980, top tax rates were at 70 (laughs) percent. So just to give you an idea, right? In 1980, if you made $109,000, so if you made above $108,300, mm-hmm. you were in a 70% tax bracket. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> and now, now the, nowadays, the top tax bracket is 37%, and that's only if you make more than 518000 by comparison. <laughs> Quite a difference. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, part of that is obviously inflation, but that that's a big difference between the 70% and the 37%. So when you when you look at that in context, and then we think about, well, we we're coming out of a pandemic where we just had to dramatically increase the money supply and do all this spending, it's reasonable to believe that at some point tax rates could go higher. Mm-hmm. And they always say, oh, well, we're only going to tax the super wealthy. But what tends to happen is that it's not just the super wealthy that get taxed because, you know, yes, the tax base increases and that's what they they'll say, oh, we're going to increase the tax base. But what typically happens is that it's the upper middle class that gets taxed as well. And it starts to trickle down and have have an effect on on everyone. And so when you're looking at that in the context of your retirement, you want to look and say, well, 
what is my projected minimum distribution? Because that's going to be one of your bigger sources of tax liability. And especially if you're a government employee. So if you're working for the state of Florida or you're working for the federal government, chances are you're going to have a good sized pension. And so what that's going to force you to be is in a, a higher tax bracket in retirement. And so you can only defer your pre-tax retirement assets for so long. And once you get to 72, you're going to have to start withdrawing. And if you've got, say, a seven-figure balance or a high six-figure balance in your pre-tax retirement assets, things like your 401k or thrift savings plan, then you're going to have um, probably a pretty healthy size minimum distribution, could even be a six-figure minimum distribution. Okay. All right. So good things to know. Also, being proactive by converting to a Roth IRA is another good word of advice. Right. So as opposed to the traditional IRA where it's pre-tax, the Roth IRA is funded with after-tax dollars. So you're not getting a deduction, but all of the growth in the account is tax-free. So you're not saving on the, the dollar that you're contributing. But if that dollar grows to $4, all $4 comes out tax-free. And so, whereas the opposite is true on the pre-tax or the traditional. So you put in a dollar, you're getting, you're deducting that dollar off your taxes. So it's going in pre-tax, but then when the money comes out, all $4 is taxable if it grows. So you want to own growth assets in, in a Roth IRA. Now, when you convert, there's one there's one little caveat, right? So you're going to have to pay taxes, <laughs> and so it's right. it's quite it's probably a big caveat, not a little little mm -hmm. caveat. And so you have to have the liquidity to pay the taxes. Some advisors will tell you, oh, you can just withhold the taxes from the conversion. I'm not a big proponent of doing that. I think conversion really makes sense for the people who have the liquidity to actually pay the taxes because then you have the same amount growing, and you're you know you're you're not losing 25 or 30 percent of your balance by in the conversion process uh, so converting can make sense for the people who don't have the liquidity to pay the taxes what you can do is if your company plan offers a roth 401k component to it you can switch your new contributions to roth so what happens there is that you're losing the tax deduction in your paycheck but now all the new money going forward is going to go into Roth. And what that does is it it doesn't eliminate your minimum distribution or the tax liability from it. But what it will do is it will mitigate the tax liability from your minimum distributions because the, from this point forward, the new money that you're contributing is going into Roth. Okay. All right. And briefly to explain how to understand how uh, different types of retirement income are taxed. Right. So you want to own the right type of assets in the right type of accounts. So when you are looking at things like stocks, so say you have a, a Vanguard growth fund or you have Apple stock or you have Google, it's ideal to own those type of assets in a Roth IRA. If you can't own it in a Roth IRA, it's better to own it in a brokerage account, in a just a plain vanilla after-tax brokerage account than to own it in an IRA where it's pre-tax. Why? Because for that same reason, if it grows from $1 to $4, now, all that profit that you made, you have to pay income tax on. Whereas if you owned it in a brokerage account and you had it longer than a year, it's going to be a long-term capital gain, which is a preferential tax rate to income tax. Uh, and if you own it in a Roth, it's tax-free. You want to own your kind of slower growth assets or things like your income-producing assets. It's better to own those in with pre-tax dollars in a, in a traditional IRA or in your 401k. So 
if you had a 70% mix of stocks and 30% income producing assets, you'd want to own as much of that 30% that's in income producing assets. You'd want to own that as much as possible in a pre-tax retirement account. And those are, those are some of the things that we look at when we put together a financial plan. We're going to look at your situation. We're going to, we're going to actually project what your tax liability is. And we're going to show you based on how you have things invested now, this is, this is what your minimum distribution will look like at 72. So you have a little bit of clarity on that. Now, it's not an exact science. Obviously, no one has a crystal ball and we don't know what's going to happen between now and when you're 72. But you get at least a, a sense of if the market does what we're thinking it's going to do, this is what it would look like from a tax standpoint. And so you can see what that unfunded tax liability is. And that's something that's standard in our financial plans. And we're going to put together a complimentary retirement distribution plan for the first 15 callers today. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. Common sense planning at Stray Talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. And folks, you just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap put together. And Steve will translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number to get a spot on Steve's calendar, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Steve? If you're feeling anxious about funding your retirement, stick around. When we come back, we'll outline some ways to kick your retirement savings into overdrive. As always, thank you, Greater Orlando, for spending some of your Sunday evening with us. You are tuned to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And uh, Steve, he can help you with lots of things, estate planning, financial planning, health insurance, also legacy planning, tax planning, long-term care, the list is too long to mention. And, you know, folks, he is an independent fiduciary with over two decades of experience. And being a fiduciary is so important because he's he's going to listen to your best interest, do what's best for you, not for some product or some company. He's out there. Um, he really is concerned about you and your future. I'm going to give Steve a call. We'll be giving the number out shortly. So if it is time to jumpstart your retirement savings, you have come to the right place. We've got some simple steps that can help you pick up speed as you get even closer to retirement. And first one up is optimizing your 401k investment mix. And, and want to explain this, Steve, a little bit more? We call it time segmentation or we call it a bucket approach sometimes. But mm -hmm. what a time segmentation means is when, when are you going to actually use the money? And so money that's not going to be touched in the next five years, you want to have that more aggressively invested. So you want to have a higher weighting towards stocks. So if you're within three years of retirement, then you probably want to start shifting and maybe taking a little bit of risk off the table. And the best place to take risk off the table in your overall portfolio is in your pre-tax assets like your 401k. The reason being is because there's no tax implications to sell out of stuff. And typically your 401k will have better conservative options than what you could get in outside of your 401k and say is something like an IRA. So you want to look at the timing of when you're going to need the money. And if you're seven, eight years out from retirement, you should be predominantly in stocks. And so that's, um, 
that's what we mean by optimizing your account. So it's looking at the composition of your portfolio, the mix of stocks and bonds, and looking at the growth potential and the risk level and the time as to when the money is going to be spent. And a lot of that starts, obviously, with your goals, right? So if your goal is to retire in three years, then we need to look at, well, what is your projected lifestyle going to cost you? Uh, well, are you going to need to dip into this these retirement assets to fund your lifestyle? Or do you have a pension or will you be starting social security and will that cover your lifestyle to where this money might continue to defer longer than or beyond your initial retirement date so there's really no one set answer um it's going to be based on your goals and your time horizon as to when you're actually going to touch that money like you say there's no cookie cutter approach because everybody's situation is different um also another one to look at moving into low fee funds yeah, so this is a biggie for me. So one of the things that I do for my clients and for anyone who does a plan with me, actually, I'm going to put together a spreadsheet that's going to show you what you're paying in dollars on your investments. And the reason I do that is because as a financial services industry, we love to quote things in percentages. And we, if it's a 3% charge, they'll typically break it down into three 1% charges. Because it, when you hear 1%, it doesn't sound that bad. Right. But when you when you add everything up and you look at it in dollars and you see, oh, well, I'm paying fifteen thousand dollars a year. That's that's a heck of a lot. <laughs> right. So you want to look at low cost funds. I'm a big proponent of index funds. And the reason being is that most managers don't beat the index. So if we know that ahead of time, why am I going to pay a manager one and a half percent to to manage my money when I could just be in the index? And most 78 percent of the time that manager is going to lose to the index. So, um, you know, I would I would much rather be in something that has three one hundredths of a percent in expenses than be in something that has one and a half percent in expenses. And so when you're working with with a fiduciary, they're going to show you here's where we're saving you money on cost. Here's where we could potentially be saving you money in taxes. And those are the real the real ways a financial advisor or a financial planner can save you money. None of us know what the market's going to do from one day to the next. None of us are going to necessarily be able to pick a better investment. We don't know that. We don't know what the market's going to do. But I know that if you're paying less fees and if you're if I keep you from paying unnecessary taxes, that I've got I've given you a pretty good head start. Yep, absolutely. Less taxes, that's key. That's key. Also raising your 401k contribution rate if you could do that. That'd be helpful. Yeah, so you you already know that raising your contribution rate will help shift your savings momentum into a higher gear. But um, what you may not know is that this strategy costs a lot less than you think. And so what what we're looking at there is when you once you up your percentage, and I always the way that I do it for most of my clients is I tell them to increase it in two percent increments. Because it's like anything, if you if you've tried to lose weight, and we use uh, we use the example of a personal trainer so many times on this show, but if you've ever tried to lose a ton of weight and you go from eating everything to eating nothing, it's not sustainable. You have to do things gradually, and so you don't want to. If you've been contributing three percent of your paycheck into your four hundred one k, you don't want to all of a sudden jump to twenty percent of your paycheck. So you want to up in like two percent increments. So you want to go from maybe 3% to 5% and digest it and see how that feels in your paycheck to see, because what you don't want to do is oversave into your 401k to the point where you don't have enough money to live on. And now you're incurring credit card debt at 20%. So you want to be smart about it. But if you can 
if you can increase your contribution in a measured way, you won't you won't really even feel it, but it will have a much uh, it'll have a great long term effect because that's more money compounding for you, and the power of that compounding interest over three years, five years is is pretty significant. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And if you are so fortunate, which uh, some people are, some people aren't, but if you are, you could split future raises. Yeah, so if you get raises or if you get an annual bonus, the temptation is as oh, I'm getting my bonus, let me go book a trip. Right. Right? Or I'm getting my bonus, let me go I had my eye on that flat screen TV or <laughs> right. you know, I I I I really want a new car. So if you take part of that money and add it into your investments, then if you treat it like found money and you live on your salary and then that extra raise or that extra that extra bonus, you take half of it and you invest it, that's going to have a huge impact also down the road because of the same the same reason for compounding interest and and things of that nature. So if you were contributing already 12% to your 401k, and that was getting you pretty close to the max. And now you're over 50, but you weren't doing, say, a catch-up contribution. So now you got a bonus. Maybe you take that 6,500 and you you contribute it as your as your catch-up contribution. So those are the types of things that we would look at in the plan and say, hey, here's an opportunity for you to do that. You know, if you are a little bit behind, you definitely want to step on the gas and save as much as you can. If you're getting close. Right. And so you definitely want to step on the gas and save and you definitely want to have a plan. So you want to know because maybe you're, you're saving enough, right? Maybe you, you have enough to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And that's really why you need a, a plan, because if you're behind, you want to know how how hard you have to push on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do for people. And we uh, we're going to offer that absolutely free to the next eight callers. We have uh, about eight spots left. So it's going to give you a roadmap. It's going to give you a plan and it's going to show you, hey, look, this is what you said you wanted in retirement. Here's where you're at right now. You're XYZ amount short. So if if your goal was to live on $8,000 a month and the numbers are telling us you can live on $6,000 a month, well, we're going to show you, here's the course corrections that you could make to get there. Here's how much you, if you increase your savings this much and you pull this lever, here's what happens. And so- it gives you a much better sense when you when you actually put together a plan and you actually give some thought as to what you want your retirement to look like. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions and what future tax implications will be and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Again, that number, 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. And we've got another segment coming up. What's on the way, Steve? When we come back, we're going to highlight several retirement planning tips, some do's and don'ts that can make a big difference in your successful retirement. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opega. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can also check out his website, laurelws.com. So you'll often hear us talk about a Morningstar report. Morningstar is a Chicago-based investment research firm that compiles and analyzes fund stock and general market data. So in this segment, we call on Christine Benz, Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance. And we have some retirement tips from her 
that are her observations from over the years. So the first one is remember this, capital preservation is the key to building wealth. Right. So understanding capital preservation is about understanding risk. And so risk is not just the permanent loss of capital, but it's all it's the permanent loss of spending power. So it's understanding the different types of risk. So you could be overly conservative and that's actually not preserving your capital. So if you have all of your money sitting in a bank account at a tenth of a percent interest, you're not keeping pace with inflation, so your money's going to buy less. So when we talk about capital preservation, we wanna, we wanna always have the money that we're gonna spend in the next three to five years. We wanna have that money liquid, meaning it's not subject to penalties. And we wanna have that money in something safe to where when it's time to pull it, I'm not worried about it being down or me having to ride out a storm. There should be no storm in the money that you're spending in the next three years. And so money that's longer term, that's five years out or longer, that's money that you can take risk with because that money is money that's earmarked for trying to keep pace with inflation and preserve your your purchasing power. So when you have money sitting in cash and you have your the money that you're going to need to spend in the first in the next 3 to 5 years, when you have that available, what hap- what that allows you to do is it allows you to make decisions from a position of strength, meaning you're not going to panic when you have a, a gyration like what we had in March of 2020 where the market went down 38% in a month. Um, you're not going to be barreling to the exit because it's not money that you need to spend in April of 2020. <laughs> it's money that's five years down the road. And so capital preservation is key, but it's 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 about having the the right types of investments and segmenting your your allocation correctly. And for the future, it is worthwhile considering annuities. I know a lot of there's misconceptions about these with a lot of people. Right. And Christine is absolutely right on this. And so annuities are like the nuclear weapon of retirement savings vehicles, but they have a terrible rap. Why? Because insurance agents are typically not fiduciaries, meaning that they're getting paid a commission on the transaction. And that commission is usually based off of the size of the premium. So what happens a lot of times is that the insurance agent will present an annuity and they'll they'll sell a lot more than what the person actually needs. If you use, and what studies have shown, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Faw, who did some research at the Stanford Longevity Center, what he found was that if you pair a fixed annuity with a stock portfolio, it's much more efficient than if you pair a bond portfolio with a stock portfolio. Why? A fixed annuity has no risk to your principal. It produces an income for life. So if you're a retiree, you're taking the risk of outliving your money and you're transferring it to the insurance company. And so annuities can be great as an alternative to bonds because they typically are going to produce the same income or the income that you need for a lesser amount of dollars. So if you need, say, $12,000 a year or $1,000 a month of, of income, maybe you need to put 200000 into an annuity where maybe you would have to put $600,000 into bonds to generate that same level of income. Now, tying up less money to produce income allows you to have more money available for growth, which increases your overall return on your portfolio. So annuities are definitely worthwhile to consider, but you want to make sure that the person that you're working with is explaining the product properly and is selling you the proper amount of annuity and that there's been some analysis as to determine what the a proper amount of the annuity is. They're not just saying, oh, well, you have $500,000 in your, your 401k, let's roll it all into an annuity. That should be a red flag. <laughs> so, right. Uh, 
you know, so you want to you want to use an element of common sense there as well. Right. Definitely not just pushing one product or another one, you know, and a fiduciary. When saving for retirement, timing is everything. We hear that all the time for everything in life. But yeah, definitely retirement. No, and I have a, a chapter in my book called The Retirement Start Date Lottery. Mm. And so... And that's it's a common pitfall because when you retire matters. And so if you are not working with a retirement distribution planning planner and you're just you're just being aggressive right now because the market's been great. And now you're on the cut. You're on the doorstep of retirement and you haven't given any thought to what your your spending is going to look like in those first few years of retirement. Now you're being super aggressive. If we have a market like 2008 in that final year before you retire and you haven't reallocated and taken taking some of the money that you're going to need in the next three to five years and taking that risk off the table and kind of de-risked your portfolio a little bit, that's a big mistake because we're at a spot now where the markets are close to all-time highs. And if you're nearing retirement and, you, and you're 80 or 90% in stocks, um, chances are you're going to want to have a little bit more conservative because you're going to need to spend some of that. And so now is a good time to de-risk. What you don't want to do is wait too long because if you wait and then we do have a market like 2008, 2009, you're going to you're going to have to ride out that that storm and wait and that's going to cause you to either have to delay your retirement or live a more modest lifestyle in the early years of retirement, which most people if you when they survey them don't want to do. In fact, the majority of people will spend more in the first few years of retirement because you're doing the aspirational stuff. You're, you know, maybe you're buying that vacation home and you're spending half the year somewhere uh, at the beach. And, you know, um, so that type of stuff is going to cost you a little bit more money. And so if you know that those if you start with the goal and you know what you want to do, then you want to carve out that money that's going to be spent in those first three years. You want to carve it out and put it in something safe now, especially when the market is good. OK. All right. Um, and don't do this mistake. This is what she advises as, as well. To make up for time, the allocation gets too aggressive, especially when you're close to retirement. You definitely don't want to well, do that. Yeah, that ties in exactly to what I was just saying. So sometimes people think, well, I'm behind because they've seen these commercials with the, the retirement number or the green line. And they're based on the 4% rule, right, which has been debunked um, in academia several times. But they what they do when they say, oh, your retirement number is this, they're just picking a number and saying, well, you're distributing 4% of that. Now, what they're not telling you is that they're keeping your principal the exact same and saying, well, you're going to you're going to have a level principal and we're going to take 4% and it's going to grow back. Right. Well, for most retirees, their goal is not to leave their entire nest egg to their their kids. They don't care about spending down some of their 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 principal in retirement. So you want to you want to look at the whole picture and you want to look at your goals and you certainly if you're close to retirement and you you have and your goals tell you that you're going to need to spend 30,000 of this money in the next 4 years then take some risk off the table and put that 30,000 in something safe and so um you know but it starts with a plan and that's that's something we do for all of our clients and something that we offer to our listeners and we have four spots left and we're going to put together that roadmap for you and to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it's tax planning, you want to do a catch-up to uh, saving for your financial 
future. Uh, Social Security, health care, just the overall big picture. Give Steve a call. Maybe you just want to get a second opinion or make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals. Spots are filling up fast, folks. You want to get in and get in now. Call Steve, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995, and take the stress out of planning for your future. One more segment left. I know this is always a fun one. What's coming up, Steve? Yeah, when we get back, it's time for questions from our listeners, and we've got some good ones this week. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve's the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Time now for our most fun segment. It's listener questions. And first up is Kevin in Kissimmee. He says, does having a self-directed IRA mean I am not paying any fees and I'm on my own for how I should invest? Uh, good question, Kevin. No, and the answer is no, not necessarily. Um, sometimes self-directed IRAs, are, depending on what you own in them, are going to have high, pretty high custodial fees. So regular IRAs typically uh, house only stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and they're typically from a brokerage firm, so like a, a TD Ameritrade or a Charles Schwab. A self-directed IRA offers many more possibilities. For example, you could invest in a horse breeding operation or a rental property or a privately held company. If you find a custodian to agree to the deal, you're good to go. However, depending on the asset class, that custodian is going to charge a fee. And a lot of times those custodial fees are pretty high. Um, so a lot of times you'll see like um, hedge fund managers will set their clients up with self-directed IRAs and they'll, those custodians will will charge a pretty hefty custodian fee on top of what you're paying the the hedge fund manager. So, um, and we see that a lot with like real estate. So people will say, oh, invest in real estate in your IRA. So yes, you could buy a rental property, but now you're paying those custodial fees and you have to leave some cash in there to pay the custodial fees. So that, that can also be problematic. All right. Next up is Catherine in Leesburg. She said, I'd like to retire in January, 2022. I'll be 55 years old. Will I be employed for enough time in 2022 to qualify for the age of 55 rule to distribute without penalty from my employer's retirement plan? And is there a specific number of days required to work with the age of 55 rule? Great, great question. Um, and this is one that shockingly a lot of financial planners don't, especially if you go into like one of these banks where they say, roll over your old 401k. Um, a lot of times they won't even mention to you the the benefit of the this rule because um, they're so focused on just getting you to move your assets. But if you're planning on taking money out prior to 59 and a half, this rule can be very advantageous for you. So the IRS rule, basically the 55 allows an employee who is laid off, fired, or quits their job between the ages of 55 and 59 and a half to pull money out of their 401k or 403b plan without penalty. And it applies to workers who leave their job at any time during or after the year in which they turn 55. Now, there are some other exceptions to that where you could actually be you know, if you were, say, federal, a federal law enforcement, like an FBI agent or an ICE agent, you could actually retire after 50 years old without the IRS penalty. So what you want to do is put together a plan, Catherine, where you figure out how much money you're going to need in those first five years or four and a half years between 55 and 59 and a half. And you want to make sure that you don't roll that money into an IRA, because if you roll it into an IRA, you'll lose the ability to take it out without any penalty. 
All right. Now, now we've got um, Ben in Davenport. He says, my company does have a pension that I've been contributing to for more than 20 years. I'm planning to retire in two years. The company wants me to decide if I should take a one-time payout or to just take monthly payouts. Is one better than the other? There's no right answer there, Ben. It depends on your goals and and what you want the money to do for you. So if you're single and you just want to have the the highest income possible and you, you want to spend everything that's coming in, it might make sense to take the single life. If you have enough money from other sources to where you don't really need this pension to live and you want to just defer it for, say, you have kids and you want to be able to pass it to your kids or your grandkids, um, it might make more sense to take the lump sum and have it have it grow and roll it into an IRA. Um, so it's one of those things where we would need a lot more facts about your individual situation before we could tell you one one option or, or, or another. So there's different pension options for a reason because different people have different goals. And so um, it's about choosing the right pension option to meet your goal. Okay. All right. And now we've got Michael in Winter Park. As the owner of my own company, what are some ways I can save for retirement? I plan on retiring in five years at 68 years old. Well, there is a bunch of things that you can do, Michael, and we would need to know a little bit more about your business. But as a business owner, you can put away so much more money than just a regular employee can. You know, if you did a a 401k, a solo 401k plan, for example, you're talking putting over $60,000 away if you wanted to. So your contribution limits are a lot higher. There are also solo defined benefit plans. You know, it really depends on how much you're looking to defer out of the business and put towards retirement. There's a lot of creative strategies that we could use. Um, It really depends on what your liquidity is like, how much money you're looking to pull out of the business to put towards your retirement. And our last question, Rhonda in Point Siena. What's your opinion of all the robo-advisor stuff I've been hearing about? Is A1 taking over retirement, and should I look into it? Well, A1, like the steak sauce, is not taking over retirement, <laughs> and neither neither is AI. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. I, I guess I misread that one, so there you go. A little joke. No, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Let's see. <laughs> this is the most fun segment. We like to have some laughs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, but AI, it, listen, it depends on your on your plan. So what a robo-advisor is going to do is they're typically doing automated things like automatically rebalancing your portfolio. And a lot of these robo-advisors are charging you 40 basis points or four-tenths of a percent or a half of a percent. And depending on the type of financial advisor you choose, you might be able to deal with a person for lower costs than what you're paying the robo-advisor. And so it would, you know, if it would look at if we look at your assets and and what you're paying to for that robo advice. Now, a lot of times they're going to steer you towards cookie cutter portfolios and cookie cutter asset allocations. And I think if you've listened to the show at all, you know that I'm not a big fan of those. So a lot of times those robo advisors are going to force you to be in bonds because they're not looking at things like REITs or annuities or um, master limited partnerships. They're not going to they're not going to take any kind of alternative income vehicle. They're just basically putting you in pre-designed cookie cutter portfolios. And so I'm not a big fan of robo-advising. Um, and it's not necessarily cheap. Um, so, you know, and if you're using something in your 401k, I'm like, uh, like financial engines, I'm not a big fan of that as well, because that's a, again, that's, you're taking a plan, your 401k plan where you're probably not paying hardly anything in fees. And now you're adding an extra layer of fees for them to basically automatically rebalance you and move you more towards bonds, which is where you don't want to be. So 
um, you're much better off investing based on your own individual situation and your individual goals and using kind of a cookie cutter robotic approach. Okay. But that's something you definitely don't do in your firm. Yeah. You take an image, you take the time to listen to your clients and individualized attention to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what we're going to do in the, in, in the two meetings that we're offering our listeners right now. That first meeting is going to be all about your goals. And we're going to try and figure out what you want your retirement to look like. And then we're going to be able to project a cost to it. And then we're going to look to see, all right, what, what, what have you done so far? And are you on track? And so we're going to come back with individualized advice that's completely objective. And we still have three spots left. So, you know, please call and we'd love to sit down with you. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And uh, you, you want to get that financial roadmap put together. Steve Hill translate the complex financial world into something that makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. It's going to show you where you are right now. But most importantly, the review is going to show you a roadmap to get you where you need to be. And you've got nothing to lose. It's a free consultation, just a few spots remaining. And I know they heard the phone ringing. So get in now. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This hour goes by so fast. You know, Steve, next week I'll bring the shrimp. We're talking about A1. You bring the steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so enjoy your Sunday evening. Go grab yourself a steak or uh, get yourself a nice dinner. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Yep, for the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve Caruso. 